at Telford and stuff is whenever you get to see people grow in Christ, it's amazing to watch them grow. And just watching Brother Stephen come up through the ranks as a child and then what he's doing now, it just amazes me as what God's able to do with people. So I'm, I'm excited about you Sunday. Uh, 18th is Christmas Sunday. We'll be having our Christmas banquet at 6 p.m. in the Family Life Center. Tickets are on sale in the foyer after the service. Uh, adults are $13 and kids under 10 are 7 Contact Sister Lisa Calico for more information. December the 18th is our mission pledge due, and there will be no service on December the 25th christmas day so if you want to stand and just kind of shake somebody's hand and just tell them you're glad to see them here on this wednesday night it's good to see y'all Touch me by the hand You watch 
never lost a battle technology and stuff but I got to thinking about God how can I wrap technology and live scope and all this stuff around God and I was thinking about when Jesus was on the boat with Peter and they were fishing and he said cast your nets over here into the deep and Peter said we've already done that there are no fish over there and they threw their nets over there anyway And they caught so much fish that it broke their nets. Before man ever thought of what they could do with technology, we already serve a God that he could see down in the water and he knew where the fish were. And just because that they've tried that before and they didn't want to try it again, sometimes in life we're sitting there and we're asking God for help and he says, well, do it this way. I've already tried it this way, God, and it didn't work. But it wasn't his timing. It was when we was wanting to do it. So if we could get on God's timing and just be sure that we're listening to his voice and to what he's saying and just be in tune with God. He says, my sheep, they know my voice. And that's what we have to try to stay in tune to is, is the voice of the Lord. So we've got some uh, prayer requests tonight. Uh, we need to continue to pray for Sister Renee Flowers. Dennis Shannon, Charles Iyer, Linda Ferris, Rhoda Sisson, Jeff Fryer, Bernice Smith, Robert Newberry, Jimmy Black, Virginia Copeland, Michael Barnett, Katie Mercado, Alex Stevens, Vicki Sice, Jonathan Crawford, Miller Gamberry, Rex Foster, Bob Bolton, Billy Bolton, Lois Weems, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Kathy Caldwell, George and Mildred Pratt, Nelson, Nelson and Missy Miller, Michael Green, Loretta Edwards, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Trinata. We need to continue to pray for our president, our local leaders, our national leaders, our state leaders, anyone that's trying to make laws and decisions about where this country is heading. We need to keep them lifted up in prayer and pray for God to have his will. We need to continue to pray for the nation of Israel. Uh, continue to pray for Ukraine. And let's, if you want to stand, if you have a need in your body, uh, let's take Monica Rhodes. She's uh, battling kidney stones. Monica Nations, excuse me. Uh, Brother Bill, it's Monica Nations. Uh, but if, if you want to uh, pray for her, she's battling kidney, kidney stones. 
Uh, and if you have a need in your body, uh, we'll anoint you with oil down here. Lord, we're thankful for this evening tonight, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over every need that was read before you tonight, God. Lord, I pray for Brother and Sister Bristow tonight, Lord. Move inside of their lives tonight, God. I pray for Brother and Sister Proctor tonight, God. I pray that you will give them
for bringing us the word tonight. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. The good thing is that uh, my help will probably not last as long as my speech would, so we won't be here too awful long, hopefully, but long enough to give God the glory. I feel so honored tonight to be able to be in this congregation and to be in this house. I was counting up. Uh, it has been 29 years since we came into this faith and this truth, and it has been 27 years since we first came here and held our revival for Brother Meyer, met him and his family through my family, and uh, just have grown in his love and mercy and found some many wonderful friends. I was so excited when I came into the church and I began to look around and I saw people that I went to school with, and of course I'd known about Philip and uh, how that he had gotten the Holy Ghost while we was in school, and he started coming to school over here, or to church over here, and then I got the Holy Ghost about the same time, and I w- was going to church across town, and uh, it was just an exciting thing. People were getting the Holy Ghost, things were happening, and I was so excited, but I'd drive by here many times, and I'd look at the church, and uh, I'd see the brush arbor that y'all had out here years ago, and I think, man, that's just so neat. Those people are so neat, and I just loved it, and loved hearing the testimonies and all the good things. I loved the Lord. I was raised in a little Baptist church uh, South or north of town in a community called Author City. My dad pastored there for years and years. And uh, when I finally uh, got to that age of 12, dad retired and had to uh, do some other things because of his health. And we came to town and I felt lost after that. For the longest time, I couldn't find a place and really got to a place where I was uh, uh, not in a good mind. And I really began to backslide and, and just go the way of the world. But the Lord had his hand on me and on my life, and I'm so thankful that he did. But I have never felt the home that I feel here. You people are so precious and have been such friends. I remember seeing Susie and Jerry for the first time, and I got so excited. I thought, that's Susie Swint. 
she got the Holy Ghost in the church, and she married Jerry. How about that? I, I was so excited about that. I thought, wow, this is a powerful doctrine that we've got. This is a powerful truth that we've got. We all had gone to school together. Susie was one of those pretty little, uh, I said I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to. She's such a pretty little old cheerleader, and boy, I tell you what, she just turned everybody's head, and Jerry got her. <laughs> but we love that family. I love their kids and was able to be their youth pastor, and I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to be here tonight. I'm thankful for Brother and Sister Meyer, the uh, love that they have shown my wife and I and our family all these many years. Brother Meyer has given me so many liberties, and uh, he's been there to encourage me and help me through the rough times from leaving one organization, stepping into this truth, and, and going through the transitions of not knowing exactly where to go, what to do, and, and uh, just what God wanted me to do. And I'm still wondering exactly what God wanted me to do and what he wants me to do, but I'm not through yet. Glad to see all of my friends, loved ones, and uh, all of those uh, online tonight. I know there's several that are looking in from different towns that uh, wanted to hear me. This is the first time in over five years that I've been able to speak. And I want to take you to a scripture that the Lord gave me several months ago. And uh, I, I began to realize then that God wasn't through. He had something else he wanted me to say, something else he wanted me to do. I'd been shut in for over four years now and unable to do a lot. I've been retired disability for over two years. Many times I couldn't stand. Many times I couldn't walk. Many times I would fall time after time, pick myself back up. Many times I would think, God, why? I gave myself seven days a week. I worked in the church. We had a beautiful brand new church. We had a wonderful congregation. Not like this one that we'd taken from just eight or nine people and grew into the hundred mark and had a Christian school. And I was a principal and I was a pastor. My wife was a uh, organ player and she led the ladies ministries. And we had all kinds of things going on in our church. And then God had to come and reveal truth to me. When he did, I had to walk off from that new building, that new church and uh, I was glad to do it because this truth has kept me through days that I didn't know I would face. It's carried me through things that I didn't know that I would go through. And had it not been for the name of Jesus and the power of this gospel, I don't know that I could be here tonight. Hallelujah. Give him a hand clap of praise. My heart is very tender to the things of the Lord. It always has been. I have always been one to speak faster than I can think or think faster than I can speak. I remember one of the times my wife and I still laugh about it when I was in the early ministry. I was trying to say something about Peter speaking. And before I knew it, I had said Peter was peaking. And that has been a little cliche that we use quite often. So I heard one Texas minister say out in California when I was out there in Bible school, he said, it's not that I talk so fast, it's that y'all just listen too slow. So I'll try to stay within my limits of getting it across to you clearly. Judges 2 and uh, verse 6, if you would turn there with me. And let's read just a little bit. I'm not going to stay completely with this text as the Lord has laid it upon my heart to go a direction tonight. But I'm going to set a foundation. I will be speaking, Lord willing, again next Wednesday night. And I may go back to this. I don't know. I, my sister called me and said, what are you going to be preaching on? And I said, well, <laughs> I've got a bunch of scriptures. 
but I can't tell you exactly because I never know until the Holy Spirit speaks into my heart exactly what I'm going to do. And sometimes it's not until I stand here that I know exactly what he wants me to say because he knows who's going to be listening and who has need. I am so glad to see again each of you here, especially I want to say I'm so glad to see <laughs> sister, whoever you are. That's the part of having a stroke. My little girls next door, the little girls and Stephanie is usually the older girl that lives next door. But, uh, Sister Dot, who have you got with you? Sister Rosemary, thank you. Sister Rosemary is a precious friend, and I love her, and she made a special effort to be here tonight. And I do not, uh, sometimes I can't say proper names, and that's okay. That's part of the stroke. I live with it. It's funny. My wife is still my wife, and I do remember her name. But uh, <laughs> my grandkids are the little girls that live next door sometimes, especially when I get in a hurry or get nervous. Judges 2 and 6. And when Joshua let... The people go. The children of Israel went every man into his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they buried him. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor did they know the works which God had done for Israel. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you again tonight, Lord, that we can come together as brothers and sisters to study your word, to be reminded, God, of what we need to be doing in this day and hour. Lord, we are so sensitive to the spirit of God and what is happening in our world, in our government, in our families, in our homes, and even in our churches today, God. And we are so in need of your manifestations, of your spirit of your touch tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't waste one moment, but that tonight, God, you would receive the glory and the honor and that lives can be changed from what is said and what is done. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a time in the life of Joshua when he had reached the end of his leading the children of Israel. He had uh, brought them together and he said, okay, you know, here we are. We're at this promised land. It's time for us to disperse, to go to our inheritance. You go your way. I'm going my way. We know the things of the Lord. We've had these many years in the wilderness. We've grown. We've learned. We've seen miracles and wonders. Now let's all go and let's live this prosperous and wonderful life that God has us to live. And so they all departed and they began to enjoy their inheritance. But as they departed from one another, they said, separated themselves to a great degree and they begin to lose touch with one another and every man and every woman begin to live their own way and their own life and their own thing until they begin to pick up the habit and the mentality well you know I don't know that it really matters I don't know that that's really that important I don't know that that really affects my life or affects my neighbor or affects my family or affects the church. And I just sort of am going to take my leisure and I'm just going to live my inheritance out. I'm just going to do my thing. And I want to tell you, I believe that COVID is that very thing that has brought about that same attitude in this day and hour where we have been separated and sent home and we have been apart from one another. Sickness brought it about in my life to where if we're not careful, I forget about you. I forget about your needs. I forget to pray like I should pray. I forget to believe like I should believe. I forget about the needs of my brothers and sisters and people that I'm separated from because I don't see them very often. We were very careful last year because of COVID to stay in the house and stay away from our families and, and our friends and 
We protected ourselves with the mask and the and the, uh, the the lotions and everything to keep from uh, bringing about sickness into our home. My wife suffers from autoimmune deficiency and has had cancer and today is suffering uh, even again having uh, gone out to the doctor's office. She picked up something and is very sick tonight. And You know, it's so easy in this day and hour to pick something up and it seems like that there is a war against us. But in all of these things, in all of these testings and trials, it has separated us one from another. It has caused us sort of to pull away from one another and not be that cluster that united Pentecostal people and Pentecostal people have always enjoyed being and that is one. We are united uh, and we are together and we believe together and we uh, we try to work together and pray for one another and we feel burdens for one another but in the separation that has come about uh, I have even gotten uh, lax about uh, uh, attending the house of God. I, I would just be so tired and just so weak and, and I think man I just don't know that I can get up and make it and the last few weeks the Lord has touched my body and my health has begun to come back and I've lost all this weight. Well, I'll tell you, that'll help you a lot too if you lose a little bit of weight. And I was able to get out of my maternity tops back into a suit and I, I began to feel better about myself. And all of a sudden I thought, man, I, I think I can do it. I'm not carrying around that extra person helped me to be able to get up and go a little bit longer. And instead of being so exhausted in the evening, I felt like, man, I can get up and do something. But Joshua told the people, he said, it's time for you to enjoy your inheritance. And they separated themselves and all all the time that Joshua lived and continued on, the people served the Lord and was faithful to him. As long as there was a remembrance before them of Joshua, his remembrance, and they saw him in leadership and they heard about him, and they probably was just a little bit concerned that he might find out they wasn't doing exactly what they need to be doing. They continued to live faithful to the Lord and his teachings and probably uh, the sacrificing and the giving and, and the doing and what should uh, be a right in the sight of God. And then there arose... Uh, those that uh, were elders that had outlived Joshua who uh, also aged and they died and there arose a generation the Bible tells us uh, of individuals who did not know Joshua and did not know the elders uh, and they did not know the ways of God nor the blessings of God or all that God had delivered them out of and I begin to think about your children and my children and our grandchildren uh, and I begin to think about the people of the world uh, who do not know about Pentecost and do not know about the Holy Ghost uh, and do not know about speaking in tongues uh, and don't know the power of what you and I live by uh, and the enjoyment that we have in our services. Uh, there are people that go to the house of God uh, and they sing their songs and they, they enjoy the message and they love one another and they have a good time in the service. Uh, they have a good time uh, talking about the salvation and love and mercy of God but they don't know the power uh, that we have found uh, in being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and not only just them but I'm afraid in the last hours that some of our families uh, and some of our children uh, and maybe even our grandchildren are getting to the place to where they're not seeing the example uh, of people being baptized uh, in the fire and power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, people speaking in tongues. Uh, people, Brother uh, Newberry, shouting. Uh, I just love it when the power of God hits you and you turn loose uh, and begin to shout. I think, oh Lord, I wish I had that freedom. Uh, and uh, a few Sundays ago, I was sitting there and Brother Meyer said something about the rapture. I got so excited. I gave out a Jerry Newberry. I said, whoo, 
Amen. I'm excited about the coming of Jesus. And it felt so good. That fire has been burning in me ever since. I feel a new joy and a new hope that says I can't sit any longer. I can't wait any longer. I've got children and grandchildren that need to know about this thing. Their neighbors and their loved ones that need to feel the power of the Holy Ghost in their life again. Oh, God stirred up within me. But you know, the old devil come and he'll knock on your door and he says, if you get to getting too excited, I'll slap you in the back of the head and I'll knock you flat in your face. And he's done it time after time. I think just about every three or four weeks, I trip over my big old toe and I fall right down on my face and I lay there and I look around and I think, well, surely somebody will find me laying out here in the yard and come help me back up. And I lay there until nobody comes. And I begin to think, well, I can't get to my phone because I'm laying on it. And I can't get to that thing over there. I'm going to have to have some help, Lord. You're going to have to help me up off this ground. And all of a sudden, the Lord, he gives me strength. And I push off on those arms. And then I find strength in that old leg that has a dead nerve in it. And I push off on that old nerve. And I begin to get up. And I get tickled sometimes. I'm like, devil, I got up again. I'm up here again. I'm going to go again. I may be hurting. I may be in pain. But devil, I'm going on. I'm not going to give up. But you see, here was a group of people who had not seen the miracles of God. Who had not seen the healing power. Who had not seen people slain in the spirit. Who had not seen people delivered from demon spirits. And they were lacking the knowledge and ability. Somebody said, is it important that we have these things in our life? Do we need all that hooping and hollering and shouting and carrying on? Do you need it at the ball game? Do you need it where the spirit is is, uh, so intense uh, and people are making that goal uh, and making that uh, touchdown? Do you need that excitement? I don't know if you need it, but it sure feels good to get it. It sure feels good to get in there with them. But I do believe we need it in the house of God. I do believe that we need the shouting and the worshiping and the praising and the glorifying of our God. If ever there was a time we need to lift holy hands and praise the Lord, it's today. If there's ever a time we need to not be ashamed of speaking in tongues and glorifying God, it's today. Oh, somebody give him praise tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I think about this generation, and I thank God how sad it is that people could actually have been brought into the Israelite family, could have been called Jewish, could have been of the lineage of one of these elders, and not know the power of God that had worked in their families. I think about my children, my grandchildren, I think about yours, and I think about how sad it would be if we just continue on to let down and let down and let down and cease to pray and cease to worship and cease to come together and we get to that place where God says, because you become lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I'm preaching to me tonight. I'm not preaching just to you. I'm preaching to me. I'm a member here too. But I'm preaching, Lord, don't let me get cold. 
Don't let me get lukewarm. Don't let me get to the place where I don't have the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. Don't let me get to the place, God, where I need you all of a sudden and I can't find you. Don't let me fall down on my knees, God, and begin to try to pray. And I don't have no anointing. And I don't have any touch. I don't have anything to bring me through. Oh, God, let me stay full of the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift your hand up and say, God, fill us. Fill us tonight, Lord, with this power. Oh, God, don't let me get cold and indifferent. Don't let me come to the place, God, where I'm doubting and not feeling. Five years ago, almost uh, in February, I was walking through the clinic at the cancer center in Greenville, and my hip locked upon me. And I had the most excruciating pain I'd ever felt in my life. I knew that I had a problem with my hip. I had no idea that this weight was killing me. I had no idea that it was paralyzing my leg. I had no idea that my bones had deteriorated and that it was going to lock up. And brother Jeff, it just locked up. It wasn't going to move. I screamed out in excruciating pain. I fell down. I, I was hurting so bad. They took me into emergency. They gave me the shots. They tried to do everything they could do to relieve the pain. And nothing would relieve it for hours and days. I thought, oh God. Oh God, this pain is more than I can handle. It's more than I can endure. The doctor said, I'll get you in for emergency surgery. We're going to have to remove that hip. We're going to have to place a, a new hip in there. He, he told me all about it. I thought, oh God, I don't want to have to do that. I, I, I'm still a young man. I was, I was still just 50 something years old and, and I didn't want to have to have a hip replacement and, and he took me in and he did that hip replacement and made me sign them papers if there's anything that goes wrong, if there's any nerve damage blah 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 blah, we can't be held accountable and I wasn't afraid of any of that I just wanted that pain to stop, he took me in replaced that hip, I told him I said I'll be back at work just as quick as I can get back because I knew I needed the paycheck to pay the grocery bills and to pay the rent uh, uh, and I saw so I'll be back just as quick as I can I remember uh, within two weeks time of that surgery I, I was still dragging that foot a little bit because it, the feeling hadn't come back in it. They said, oh, that's just from the, the, the medication that was shot in your spine to, to deaden that leg. But it, it'll come back within time. I went to therapy. I, I, I went back to work in two weeks' time. Wasn't supposed to be back for six. I, I was doing fine, just going on. I, I was beginning to feel good again. The pain had gone. I, I was making it. I, I was working. I'd get that paycheck. I, I was really doing good. I thought, okay, now I'm, I'm on my way. I'm going to be able to get up and go. That pain's going to be gone. I'm going to do things I've never done before. I'm fixing to really take off went on vacation right before the day I, I was packing to leave I, well, the very day that we was getting ready to leave I turned around and I sort of was trying to get the suitcase and I just sort of fell over on the chair that was in the bedroom and and I thought oh, my goodness I, I'm having inner ear problems and I told the wife I said well my goodness I've I fell in that chair and I cut my arm and we doctored it all up and she said, "Well, you think we ought to go?" I said, "Yeah, we're going. We're going to go see them grandbabies. We're going to. We're going just as quick as we can get there." We loaded up everything. I took a little uh, ear medication, a little stuff for dizziness, and we got in that car. We took off down the road. We was just ahead and having the best time. Going to go see those babies. Spend a couple of days with them. And every day I got to feeling worse. I got to feeling hot and I got to feeling tired and I, I was getting a headache and I, I was feeling inner ear pressure and I just felt like God. I, I don't know what is going on with me and, and I, I guess I'm going to have to break down and go to emergency. I told the wife, I said, well if I don't get better, I'm going to have to go into emergency and, and see what's going on with me. I was sitting there on the side of the bed later that evening and, and I was watching them and listening to them and I was thinking, man, this, this is just really not me. Something's going on. Next thing I knew, my face started drawing and my hand started turning and it started flipping up and I thought, what is happening to my body? My wife screamed out and she said, oh my God, he's having a stroke and she got on the phone she called emergency. Here come the ambulance 
this. The babies didn't know what to do. She was trying to put them over to the side so they couldn't see it. I had a massive stroke uh, right there in that room. They came and got me, put me on that str- uh, that uh, uh, that st- uh, stretcher, and I thought, well, God, what is happening to me? I, I don't understand. I, I, I thought I was having an ear problem. I'd done been to the emergency earlier that morning to have them just check it, and, and it just, this is this got to be an inner ear attack. When I got to the hospital, I lost consciousness except for the headache. I, I lost the ability to see. I went blind for several days there, and I didn't know what was happening to my body. I didn't have time to pray through. I didn't have time to get the Holy Ghost. I, I didn't have time to know if there was a God or there wasn't a God. I didn't have time to know. I heard them say to my wife, uh, if his brain doesn't quit swelling, we're going to have to drill a hole in his skull. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, uh, he's going to die. He will die of a massive stroke tonight. Uh, I don't know that he's going to make it through the night. And all I begin to say is, Lord, I'm ready. I, I tried to tell my wife it was the best way I could. Don't let him drill into my head. Don't let him put me on any life support. I'm ready. I'm ready to meet the Lord. I know what God can do. If he won't heal me, then let him take me. But I know God is able. They kept telling her day after day, we don't know if he's going to make it. Uh, they kept taking me for uh, x-ray after or CT after CT. Uh, and they treated me and treated me and, and uh, kept saying, we just don't know he's, if he does anything, he's going to be vegetative-like. He's going to be in a, in a uh, nursing home for months. And I thought, nursing home? Lord, I'm just a young man. I, I've, been, I've been doing everything I know to do, God. I've been preaching and pastoring and working. I, I've been trying to live right and do right. Lord, why? I didn't have time. I didn't have time to find out if there was a God. I didn't have time to find out if he is a miracle working God. I didn't have time for any of these things. I, I had to know right then, uh, laying there in that deathbed, I almost felt like a, 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 a Jonah in the whale. I, I felt like I was in the belly of a whale. Uh, there was stenches and there was sounds and there was things that was just turning my stomach and, and the pain was so excruciating. I thought, oh Lord, I just, I just want the pain to quit. Everything they did, nothing helped relieve the pain in my head because it was swelling uh, and I was hurting and, and I couldn't move my arm and I couldn't move my leg and I couldn't talk and, and I couldn't eat and I couldn't do nothing all the tubes they had in me I thought God this is the most miserable please just take me out of this body I'm ready to go if the Lord was to call you that quick would you be ready to go do you know that there is a God are you a generation that does not know the power and the mercy of God Almighty I'm so glad that I was prayed up I was so glad that I was Holy Ghost filled I was so glad that I was the place that I knew that there was a God that was able to heal me My wife got close enough that I could tell her, Honey, whatever you do, don't let them do these things to me. I'm ready to go. They brought in a psychiatrist. He sat down by the bed and he said, Now, Mr. Dickey, I've got to talk to you. I don't know what this suicidal tendency is that you're having here. He said, You've got a lot to live for. I said, I know I've got a lot to live for. The best I could talk to him. Mr. Dickey, we don't know what all this talk about dying is. I said, What are you talking about? I've got a life a glorious life after this one. I don't want to live as a vegetative state. I don't want to live with a hole in my head. I don't want you messing around my body anymore than you have to. I'm not going to commit suicide, man. I am looking forward to the coming of the Lord and Him taking me and you not trying to keep me any longer than He wants me to stay. I laid there in that bed another day or two unable to turn, unable to move, worrying about my wife as she sat in the chair day after day away from our family, away from our kids, away from everyone, just me and her and God right there, not knowing what to do, getting calls from this church, getting prayers from this church, uh, getting help from people all over that I didn't know, even my workforce, uh, began to call in calls to my wife as I laid there thinking, Lord, it's just about over. I can't see. I don't know why I'm left here. Anyhow, just go ahead and take me. Uh, I got a call from Sister Denise Bell, and in that call I said, Brother Dickey, I, I don't know what to say except it's Sunday morning, and, and I got a song in my heart that I don't have a piano. I, I don't have nothing to help me, but I just want to sing you this song, uh, and she said, it's not going to sound too good and too 
pretty, but Brother Dick, I want to sing it to you. She began to sing it. She's right. It wasn't the, the best notes at that time. Uh, and she was crying and, and, and carrying on, and, and it wasn't music behind it to make, but it sounded so beautiful to me. I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain, and I'm doing my best uh, to hold on uh, and to make it. Uh, and I want to tell you something. The power of God hit the top of my head uh, and went to the soles of my feet. Uh, and when they told me, that I would be in a nursing home for six months. Uh, that day I turned uh, and I put my feet off of the side of the bed uh, and I looked out over those hills uh, there in that uh, uh, lacrosse of Wisconsin uh, and I began to look at the little hills and the, the little mountains out there and I said, I will look unto the hills uh, from whence cometh my help. Uh, my help cometh from the Lord. Do you know the God I'm talking about, church? Uh, do you know this God tonight? Uh, are you a generation uh, that has forgot about the power and the healing and the anointing of of God. I want to tell you, He can save your children. He can save my children. He can fill with the Holy Ghost. He can heal your bodies. He can deliver your family. He can help you through this hard time. God is able. Give Him praise all over this house tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My heart began to beat out of my chest. I knew what was happening. I'd felt this Holy Spirit before. It wasn't foreign to me. My God had come into that room and through one servant who obeyed God and said, Brother Dickie, here, just on a tape, send it voicemail. Didn't even get it in person, just voicemail. How about that? I heard God. I heard from God. And he touched my body and he gave me a miracle. And I sat up on the side of my bed and I got out of that intensive care to go into a room. I walked out of that hospital two days later. They said, you can't go home. You can't go to a nursing home. You can't even go to Texas because you're too bad. I walked out of that hospital two days later with the assistance of the wall, with the assistance of my son. And I said, I'm going home. And not only am I going home, I'm going home to Texas where I'm from. I'm tired of Wisconsin. Let me go home. Why? Because I knew a God who was able to carry me through. I don't know why he let me suffer like that. I've asked him many times, God, did I offend you? Oh, what did I do, God? What, what did I do, God? God, why has this befallen me? I don't understand. I don't feel alone, God. I feel closer to you than I've ever felt before. But God, why? I know we're not supposed to ask why, God, but i got to have some clarification. Six. Weeks later, I walked back in on my job. <laughs> oh, I had to. <laughs> I had bills to pay. Now I had a bunch of bills to pay. <laughs> but I had a testimony that my God lifted me up off of that bed of affliction. And he strengthened me. I came to this church Sunday after Sunday. My body was racked with pain. I drug my foot and I drug my arm, I remember. I felt so embarrassed wearing these old shoes and not being dressed up. And I felt so out of place at times. And I remember, Sister Donna, you and your brother, your husband, Brother Brian, came to me one night back there. And you laid hands on me and began to pray, Lord, you know, Brother Dickie. <laughs> 
I'm talking about a God who's able. <laughs> and my God reached down and he touched my body and he gave me feeling in my body. I began to feel in my left side things I hadn't felt. And all of a sudden I was able to move my arm a little bit more and I was able to move my leg a little bit more. But my foot wouldn't move. My foot was stiff. Couldn't feel the top of it. Couldn't feel my toes. Couldn't, couldn't do my toes like this. If you've ever not been able to do this to your toes, boy, it'll drive you crazy. Can't do like this and spread them. They just like this. Stick it in that shoe and it all water up on you. Go stand on it and almost break your toes off. God, he, he's funny. Amen. He loves you. But the pain left and the healing began to start. I was standing over there about where Stephanie is. That's my daughter-in-law right there, Stephanie. And I was standing about there. God, you came over there one Sunday night. And my, my arm wouldn't raise. I couldn't lift it to praise the Lord. And you begin to God, touch Brother Dickie. You probably don't even remember. You probably don't even know that it happened. But I remember. Because all of a sudden, the Shekinah glory come down. And God touched my body. Look at this. I can move this arm. Why? Because God is able. They didn't know God. They, there was a, a generation that didn't know the miracles. It didn't know about the Holy Ghost. It didn't know about the healing. They didn't come on, church. We can't let this thing down. Maybe just for this generation. Maybe just for my family. Maybe just for your family. God said, I'm going to strike this man down. I'm going to let this man be suffering. Uh, just so I can show the world that I can still heal. Uh, I can still deliver. Uh, I can still bring back from the dead. Uh, I can still perform miracles uh, in this day and hour. I'm willing to suffer for his name's sake. Hallelujah. If nothing else, it's learned me a little bit of humility. A little bit more. It's taught me that my God is able. I don't want to be a generation that doesn't know God. I don't want to be a generation that walks off and doesn't know about the power and the love of God. I don't want to be about a generation that says, I, I, I don't remember anybody ever shouting in the church like Brother, ne Brother Newberry. I don't remember anybody singing of the anointing like Sister Collie does. I don't remember anybody playing the instruments like, like these men play here. I don't remember any of those things. While we just went to church, had a few songs, took an offering, and went home. I don't remember any altar services where people jumped and shout and carried on. I don't remember those things. I want people to be able to say, I remember. I want my children, my grandchildren to be able to say, I remember seeing it. But not only do I remember, but I got it myself. I got the power of the Holy Ghost in me. I got the anointing inside of me. Your children need it. My children need it. Our families need to see it. I get intimidated sometimes. I'm just a shy person. You wouldn't believe it, but I am. I'm a shy person. And I feel out of my comfort zone many times. But even when I get in church sometimes, even with this group, I just feel sort of so shut in. And I think, oh, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to embarrass myself. A little bit of pride too. Uh, I, I don't, but I want to tell you something. It's time that we turn loose. Uh, it's time that we let God. Uh, we cannot let a generation pass uh, that does not know God. Uh, we cannot let our families not see the power and the existence of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about working something up. I'm talking about what you're feeling and I'm feeling right now. That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They knew not God. There's a story told of this generation that knew not God. That there was prophets, sons of prophets. Their daddies had preached, had done the altars, had had the anointing, had done the sacrificing. And they began to grow up after they had died and said, come on, it's, it's time. You know, they were rolling back the sins in, brother. 
Griffith. They did it every year. They go do that sacrifice. They got up. They got everything together, Brother Newberry. They got, they got their sacrifice. They got their fire. They got their wood. They, they got their, everything they thought they needed. And they started out. Say we're going to go and make sacrifice because God had a place where he wanted it to be made. How many of you know God wants sacrifice to be made in this house? Amen. How many of you know God wants you to meet here and worship and pray and praise? Oh, God. We've got such an awesome opportunity to witness fire God in these last hours. People are watching us. I used to drive by and look at the United Pentecost and think, wow, I'd like to be a part of them. I never thought I'd be here. I like them. People, look how they come out. They're so happy. Look how they, they go out and they eat. They laugh and they talk. They have the best. I want to be like them. I want to be a part of them. I used to do that. I'd drive around the loop over in Luskin as a pastor, and I'd think, man, I want to be like them. I had no idea God was going to bring me into this truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. I would ride by and I'd watch and I'd see and I think, God, I want to be like them. There are people that are looking and watching to see what you and I do with what we have. How many of us have been guilty of maybe letting it just slide by? How many of us have been guilty of maybe not doing our very best? Oh, I know the day and hour changes. I know things change. I, I know that the, the way we reach out doesn't. I understand the change. But when it comes to the anointing, we cannot let down on the anointing. You and I know what it takes to have the anointing. God puts it in our heart. He pricks our heart and he convicts us as to how the anointing comes about. What I need to do in being faithful and praying. The Bible says certain things only come by fasting and prayer. Let me tell you something about our church. Before I ever left my organization and my church, one of my friends, close friend to me, him and his wife was having trouble and he went to a Jesus named church. My friend in the church. My buddy. I mean, I didn't have very many buddies. I mean, it was close in the church. He went to a Jesus name church. Went to their prayer meeting before church. Had the audacity to come and tell me. Said, Brother Dickey, they pray one hour before church starts. And he said, I ain't ever experienced anything like it before church ever starts. Oh, we've had some services. People got filled with the Holy Ghost. We'd tarry sometimes till 11, 12 o'clock at night for people to get the Holy Ghost and get healed. I've seen them. But he said, Brother Dick, I've never felt anything like it. They pray. And when they come out of that prayer room, they come into that church filled with their They're singing and shouting. They have, there's no dead services. I can't think of a dead service because the power of God is in those people. They bring it into the auditorium. Where are you, Brother Cody? I remember sometimes in this room right up here, this upper room, the young people would meet. And I remember the Holy Ghost would begin to fall in that upper room. And I remember seeing young people laid out in the Spirit, shouting and praising God before church ever started. I remember one time in particular, Brother Cody, I don't know if you remember, you were there. Brother Chad was there. Several of the young people were. They come down there, walked across this gymnasium, went into that prayer room. They hit that prayer room. <laughs> About scared every adult to death. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Jesus, you're here, you're alive. They started praying and, and just worshiping and glorifying. Them adults got on fire. You talk about some old people moving. 
Amen. Them old people was flipping and a flopping and a moving like they had never moved before. All of a sudden, joints was loosed. I'm telling you the truth. This began to happen and move. And we come out of that prayer room into this auditorium, not this auditorium, but the auditorium in there. The power of God fell in that house. The power of God moved. Why? Because it wasn't preacher that brought it down. He helped bring it down. But it was that we got so full of the power of God when we came in. It was there. All he had to do was stand and preach the word of God. Am I telling you the truth tonight? So many times we're waiting for this sister, that sister, this brother, that brother to bring it on down. I'm guilty just as you. I'm preaching to me. Amen. We get so guilty. So guilty. Sister God, I just love you. I just love you. I love the way you just worship. I know sometimes it's hard. I know sometimes you think, why don't somebody worship with me? Sometimes I wish I could be like her. I wish I could be intimidated and get out there and just pray for people and do and worship like she does. I know it's got to be hard at times, but you have learned the process of a way in God. He is blessing you. Look at your children, sister. Look at your children. God is so good. Do you hear what I'm telling you, church? I'm trying to help us tonight. I'm trying to help us tonight. Brother Dickie, I've messed up. I've gone too far. I feel that way sometimes. I look at my kids and I think, oh, God. Oh, God. What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? Where? But all I know to do is to get up from right here and go again. Just as hard and as fast as I can. I've got to keep the faith. I've got to believe in this God. I've got to believe in his power. I've got to believe in his help. I know that he's able. But not only that, I've got grandbabies that are coming on. i got a little grandbaby that comes with her Mimi every prayer meeting that the ladies have. And she comes down. She comes home. She tells me, Papa, I saw Sister Joanne. And I saw Sister Dot. And I hugged them and we just had prayer and we had the best time oh I enjoy going to prayer meeting oh I want to tell you something it's not easy doing these things our bodies are old and tired and they're getting older and tired but oh it's so important to teach those babies about a God I don't want them to grow up to think there is not a God I don't want them to grow up and not know God and I don't want them just to have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof I want them to be able to do. Sister Michelle, I've seen your grandbabies out in the altar shouting. I've got some videos of them babies out there just shouting. i got some of my own grandbabies out there just shouting. What a blessed thing. What a blessed thing. Candy, Edie, last Sunday night, she broke loose from Grandma, and she took off down to this altar. Bentley come down here, and he's just appraising. And I said, well, you know, they need to get them kids under control. Sit them kids down. They're being irreverent. I know none of y'all because we don't believe that. Oh, they shouldn't be doing that in church. What do you mean? Sister Chris, how can we set them down when you're running around the church? <laughs> but you ain't going to sit down. No. You got a back that hurts. You got pain. You don't even feel like going to work. But yet you get here and you worship God anyhow. Oh, my Lord. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. I'm trying to close. My wife is going to get me when I get home. Right now she just said, I sure am. I heard her. She's watching it. I got to go. You got to go. But please. Hallelujah. For the sake of our children, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our people, let's know there's a God. There you are, darling. I didn't even see you sitting back there. Those babies just worshiping, shouting, and back there. That, oh, Lord. I think about that sometimes. I just go look at that video and just, I just cry. 
Oh, what a beautiful thing. God's people are wonderful. This thing is so glorious. A generation that knew not their God. Brother Jerry, your mama's over there having a wonderful time. Make no doubt in my mind. Loving Jesus and praising God. We're going to go for long. I got people that are over there loving God, serving God. I don't worry about anything except that right now. How about me and the ones that are left? What do we got to do to make heaven? What have I got to do to make heaven? I can't worry about what you think about me any longer. I can't worry about what you think about my religion or my doctrine. or As long as I got my hand in the hand of God, he lifted me up out of that bed. I've been suffering, going through things, but I have not been defeated. I've sat at home and me and the Lord have talked. Sister Donna, I thank God for the internet. I, I get on there and I watch our services at times and I thank Lord. I wish that I felt like sitting there today. I wish I could have been there. Most of the time I, I can barely sit in my chair. Sometimes I get up at 1 o'clock and sit up all night long. And I just can't wait for a day to get here. That was in the past few months. The last few weeks I have felt so good. I told Brother Meyer when he called me the other day. He said, Brother Deacon, I want you to preach, brother. I said, Brother Mike, I got to tell you something. This morning I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I haven't moved my toes or my foot in over five and a half years. And today, this morning, when I went to do my exercises, my toes moved. <laughs> it was no surprise. He called me and said, Brother Dickey, would you preach? Because I believe God is getting so close to coming, and he's got something for all of us to do. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to go out and pastor church right now and I, I'm not looking to go evangelizing but I've, I've got an evangelistic work to do in my home and in my community and even right here to support my pastor I was so tickled to death that I could that I could support my pastor by doing this it just made me feel so good he's been so good to me and helped me and encouraged me and I said brother my, I just can't wait to to do it because I, I just wanted to be with you too God is able to heal you God is able to deliver you. God is able to fill you. But let me tell you about your children. You can't have any hopeless, more situation than I think I face. When I look at my times, I think, Lord, it looks impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. He may lay them down on their back. They may be at the point of dying when they look up and say oh my God I told one of mine the other day I said look I know you know how to pray till you pray through I know you know how to sing till you break through I know you know how to fast until you get an answer and when you get desperate I know that you saw it I know that you experienced it I know that you were around it and I know that you know what it takes to have God in your life. Would you stand with me? I want to thank you so much. For allowing me. To find more healing in my spirit tonight. He's a great God. He's the awesome God. I love you church. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for that hug. Thank you for all the things, Brother Jeremy, that you've done for me. For the ones of you that have come and visited, for those of you that have helped us in times of need and done things, only you and God know how much we appreciate what you have done for us. God bless you.
but I'm ready to get back up and rise and do some things myself. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters in this church that is so rich and real. God, we have felt your anointing here tonight, not because of one man, but because of the body of Christ who believes. God, we don't want to be accused of being the generation that does not know you. We don't want to be accused of being one of the prophets that cannot find the altar or make an altar or build an altar. God, we want to be one of those that can pray the prayer of faith, can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We want to be one of those, God, that can testify to the power and deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we want to be filled with your spirit every day and every hour and go forth into our community uh, and into our homes uh, and witness your power and your love in Jesus' name. You want to pray around the altar? I'm sure it's open. You got to go. I'm sure it's past time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Of the goodness of God oh, oh. All my life you have been faithful Oh yes you have All my life you have been so, so good With every breath I'm able I will see Oh my.
Running out, it's running out.